Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 51 of Utopia to Me with me, your host, Chris Locke. How's it going? Check it out. Uh, it's been a while, uh, almost a month, but we're back, and uh, we're in the new digs. We moved, and we're in a new place. Same couch to hang out on, same tea, same cats bothering us, but we're in a new place. And check this out. I think there's construction going on in our new place, because if you can hear hammering in the back, man... Someone won't stop hammering. It's driving me crazy. I'm basically locked in a closet trying to... Anyways, this is a good episode to come back to because it's a hearty, juicy, meaty uh, base. Just a delicious, something that's thick, something that you eat too much of, and then you sit on the couch for the rest of the day going like, oh, that was so good, but I can't move because our guest is Nathan Fielder, everyone. All right? Yeah, the star of Nathan for you. Uh, he was back in town in Toronto passing through to promote season three of his show and we're old buds. So we really like got down on the couch and, uh, and talked about everything and it was so much fun. It was good to see him again. And so it's a long one because, uh, like I said, we're old buds and we chatted about probably a million things, but you're going to love it, uh, because it's Nathan and he's the best and I'm glad to be back. We're probably going to get more of a regular, uh, whatever more episodes coming out now that we've moved and we're all settled and yeah so here we go without further ado this is a doozy so i'm just gonna get right to it roll this up in uh, like a sleeping bag and put it in your trunk and then drive up to the north and unfurl it and listen to it under the stars because here it is this is episode 51 of utopia to me with the man uh nathan fielder so please sit back and enjoy okay so we are rolling keep it close to your mouth we don't want the window, the power window washer to distract us. Yes. <laughs> also, there's cat hair all over the mic. Does that bother you? I'll take it off. I know you have two cats. Yeah. But um, do it's you, fine. Yeah. I normally just don't put the hair right into my mouth, but <laughs> this is uh, this will do. I'm used to cat hair being on things. Yeah. And you love your two cats, right? Yeah. I've Last time I was at your place, you had like a giant basically cat condo for them yeah it's a little tower for them to go in it's really nice do they love it i don't like the hair they uh yeah they i mean they use it sometimes yeah there's one of them is is really nice and sweet and the other one i think is having some mental issues a little bit she'll (laughs) she'll just turn on a dime and she's very bossy can I just say, is this mm-hmm. the one then? Uh, this is a little intimate story, but can I just say that a few years ago when you, uh, you let Kathleen and I crash on your couches, mm-hmm. uh, one of them was in the bathroom with the door closed, and then we noticed the bathroom, like in the morning the bathroom had flooded, and th- there was a face cloth in the sink, and it ran the sink water until it overflowed and flooded is that the cat? Yeah. <laughs> so it's like a mischievous That's jerk. Jackie. Yeah. Yeah. She, I, I don't know how she did that, but I think, yeah, she was trying to flood her way out. Because, yeah, we put them in there. So yeah. I was really impressed. I was like, this is a clever, mischievous she cat. Put, yeah. She was trying to drown the place or soak the place so we'd open the door. 
clever. I don't know how she pulled that off. That is a very like James Bond type thing to do. Um, she's smart. Yeah, she's smart. That's all. That's all I have to say about that. Can you hear that hum still? Yeah, there's a noise. What is it? A window uh, washer. So yeah, Kathleen said that she thinks it's a power window washer. So guys, if you hear a low hum in this podcast. What are we supposed to do? We're a product of the world. We live in the world with other people. Unfortunately, we have to share it with other people that have power window washers. I read that they're in Canada, they're creating these sound farms where they're finding areas because there's so much sound pollution everywhere. And it's actually very hard, even if you go out into the wilderness, yeah. there's still some sound that seeps in from the city or from a road nearby. So they're kind of like buying up these acreages and making like where there is no sound and making it so you can't build anything that would create sound around it. And there are these areas now you can go where if I guess if they want to do studies in silence yeah. or something, there are these areas you can go that are, I don't know if it's called a sound farm. It's something like that, but it's totally silent. There's no, spillage. but it's the outdoors. There's no sound pollution. Yeah. And then how do they keep the outdoors silent? They, it's, I don't know. It's like, you know, it's not super up in the Arctic or something. It's within one of the, it's within one of the Western provinces. I think it's what Alberta maybe. Oh, I'd love to go and hear what a real planet sounds like. Yeah. Yeah. You don't hear anything without a, without its, uh, humans spilling out everywhere. That reminds me of a funny story actually on Kathleen and I's, I wish she wasn't here because I want on our honeymoon. We rented this cabin that was super outdoors, no running water, no electricity. So what we had to do was to wash ourselves was go in a rushing river and wash ourselves in the river with the biodegradable soap. And it was freezing, but it was, uh, you know, it was fun. And then uh, so we're in the middle of nowhere, middle of nowhere, Mm -hmm. middle of the woods. Very, and then all of a sudden, uh, so we're run to the river, and uh, we're washing ourselves, and uh, yeah, maybe we were nude. I don't know, but we were nude. All right, okay. <laughs> and then uh, a, we see through the trees a car slams its door, and a kid comes down to the river to like fish, and we're like, "God damn it!" Did he see you? I think he might have seen. Uh, Did you run out? And I think try he might have seen Kathleen. Yes, but I think he might have seen Kathleen. But Why? We were like, Did his eyes pop out of his head? <laughs> yeah, well, we heard a boing sound. Boing-oing. And what then, was that? His, his boner? No, I think it was his eyes. Oh. Why? <laughs> well, boing-oing. Isn't that like a How do I, cartoon <laughs> boner sound? Did you hear that? Did you hear that? Uh, well, how does what's the sound of eyes popping out of the head? Do when you're you, a young boy and you yeah. see a naked woman. It was crazy. You get a bone. Yeah, when I was young, not anymore. You don't anymore. No, no. When you see a naked woman. Now, when I see a naked woman, what I, happens? I put a pot of tea on and go, "Oh boy, not again, <laughs> not again." I go, "Oh brother, yeah, yeah." Because you've seen so many now. Yeah, I go, I go, put a pot of tea on, then I go sit by the uh, fireplace, and I just push the uh, logs around with the old poker. <laughs> yeah and i and then i and i call out behind myself i go are you gone are you gone yet are you still nude right because you want to be respectful i want to be respectful and also i need to do other things these days i remember when i was in summer camp 
I saw one of the female counselors changing in between two cabins <laughs> and she had like a really nice body. I love it. And I told in confidence one of the male counselors and I was like, don't tell anyone. Oh, uh, but I saw this and then he told everyone. And then at the lunch table the next day, she came up to me and like sat on my lap and started rubbing my hair. And she's like, Hey, how's it going? And I was so embarrassed. Oh no. Was this the counselor that was at your show last night? No, different camp. Interesting. Cause I shot that. Uh, I'm first of all, I'm sorry to hear that that happened. Well, it's okay. You know, those, those are the types of traumas that build character. They're also the types of traumas that whatever I am now. Yeah. They're also the type of trauma that you can use in a slapstick uh, comedy film later on about coming of age. Yeah. Maybe I should make a coming of age story based on that. (laughs) I bet you will. (laughs) Would you buy that story if you were a Hollywood executive? (laughs) Yeah. I'd be like, this seems authentic. Yeah, I could combine it with your story and the the boner sound. <laughs> yeah, you would have to uh, call me to see if uh, you can have my permission to use my boing sound, but I think it would be a yeah, it would be fine, no problem. Well, I'm asking right now. Yeah, it'd be no problem. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the counselor. You had a friend counselor come last night because you are in Toronto right now. Uh, it's good to have you back. That sound was a sink. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah it's good to have you back and you were doing q a you had two shows in toronto because it yes. sold out to the max uh yeah. and you're doing q a's uh previewing different clips of the third season of nathan for you that hasn't aired yet yes and i really am uh really delighted to be talking to you in this context right now um yes i'm t- i'm delighted to talk to you in this context as well <laughs> well the context because normally we talk without microphones yeah and it's just nice to like have these microphones and but, have the conversation be public but this is part of my podcast now yeah yes no so i'm excited to do which this. is different uh but for also for people that do are listening to this episode of the podcast and for some reason don't know the backstory <clears throat> what the backstory is is Nathan and I have known each other for a very long time, and we used to make lots of comedy together, and now he's world famous. Uh, that's a generous overstatement. But In w- your last episode, or one of the last episodes that I've seen so far, Japanese news talks about you. <laughs> Which that one? <laughs> the Starbucks remember. one? Yeah. Oh, maybe it was dumb Starbucks. Actually. It's always it's when you're doing a news montage of clips. It's always great to include one from Japan. <laughs> yeah, it's true though. It's They're, almost like a cliche. It's true. It shows you the reach. Yes. They're like, wow. You have to end. You have to if you're doing a montage of news stories, you have to end with one yeah. in a foreign language. No, oh, that blows Westerners. It's a rule minds. of thumb. Yeah. It, yeah. It just blows Westerners' minds, right? They're like, Asia even? <laughs> yeah. Asia. <laughs> yes. As if it's like, how did they even find out? Yeah. Did Can someone... I, I wanted to, I wanted to ask, uh, when I was at your Q&A, I was delightful, delighted to just be watching and like, you were amazing. I love the way you do it, which I probably will talk about for a sec, but like, uh, I wanted to ask not a question to you, but to the rest of the audience in that theater, <clears throat> speaking of dumb Starbucks, how many of you guys cried a little bit at the end because it was a sad ending the way that was so nice the helio coffee shop right did you ever talk to that guy after that after that experience yeah i haven't followed up with him but he but so you don't know if he watched that that's how that episode ends 
Well, I don't know if he watched it. Perhaps. I'm assuming. Oh, my God. So you did that for him on your show, even though you genuinely had a butting of the heads. Right. I, I trying uh, to help him. He doesn't know that you really helped him at the end. Well, I'm, he saw that it aired, so maybe that brings attention to his coffee but shop. But you don't know for sure. I don't know how he feels. I haven't asked. Because no. it would be weird to go back to his coffee shop and be like, did you see what I did? I would stop by <laughs> if I was in the area, but I wouldn't say that. <laughs> hey, did you see what I did? What did you think? <laughs> did you like what I did? Did you see that I helped you? <laughs> Should I go back to the coffee shop? <laughs> yeah, hey, I would did, love that. I would love a follow-up. Uh, what'd you think? But the thing is, is on your show, Nathan, for you, uh, a gloating Nathan is not part of the character. Sometimes it's nice to gloat. Yeah. I'm a complex human. I have every emotion. I'll say. And there's that. that's all the character is everything. Yeah, I've seen some emotions come out of you. I'm uh, happy to say that. Uh, <laughs> did you see what I did? Uh, I am nice. But yeah, we used to make mm. short films that a lot of them are still up on YouTube. And, and people some of them really are like not. Them. And some of them are not. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's Nathan's are, quality control. Some of them are sitting on a hard drive uh, <laughs> somewhere. We made a ton. I, I don't know. I guess just when I first moved to Toronto, Chris and I just started making a ton of stuff. All of us. Uh, you, me, Tim Gilbert, Aaron Eves, yeah. Levi McDougal, Katie Crown. It was like a James huge... Hartnett. James Hartnett. We wouldn't really... You had this amazing camera and, of course, your work ethic and amazing uh, concentration and editing skills. And so any of us, if we had an idea... We'd go and shoot it in the park. <laughs> for you know me, for yeah. for me, your concentration level is exceptional. Because for me, I'm like distracted twenty like in an instant. But it was in fact, I kind of forgot what I was just getting at right now. I mean, <laughs> in a way, that's why I like doing a few of these live things where I get to screen episodes because I do miss like we used to make these shorts and we would show them at Laugh Sabbath every week. And oh, we yeah. have someone to show them to. And we we would just go and go to a park or just come up yeah. with an idea that day. Go film it really quick. It was basically almost weekly for Ed- a year yeah. almost. Edit it and then we'd show it to an audience. But then in TV, you don't really get that audience to show it to. So it's nice to see. How no, and I won't play. give away the clip you did last night because it's not aired yet. But oh my God, it's insane. And the seeing the packed theater explode like those old times and watching you enjoy the reaction yeah it was very very cool but what i what i think is so neat is uh you know there were like there are a bunch of us that were working with you for years and watching you like basically uh experiment with the kernels of this the 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 filmmaker that you've become for your show now like you know me i've i've worked on projects with you where they're like very early versions of basically what nathan for you is like was happening Mm -hmm. and to see that you've become you've like refined it and create like you basically created a style that no one else can do and you've mastered it you're the master of a style that no one else can do in comedy it's literally in my opinion that's why i say world famous i think you've changed the world to a degree with your comedy i know 
like you're my friend and I'm like proud of you and everything. And it sounds like maybe a little like I'm exaggerating, but I, I don't think I'm exaggerating. I think you've honestly created something that no one else can do. And the whole world is going like, boy, <laughs> 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 like they're like, they're like, they're going bonkers because it's literally an art form that you created. That's very nice of you to say, Chris. But I, we worked on a project in 2008 where uh, the producer was like, something we should, we want, like, you know, should I say? No. Well, yeah. I mean, we worked on something where... Well, one of his examples it, was like, yeah, it was just a silly little thing for whatever. But like, the, one of his examples was like, because Borat just blew up, right? Right. And so there is the Borat sense of like, oh, real people are watching, are, but it's not. It's like, you know what I mean? You you know, like, I don't well, know. Well, I, I mean, the early stuff, up. like a lot of it's still online to the, the stuff I did in Canada. And yeah. People are kind of going back and looking at it. And it's kind of, it's a little different, but it's kind of figuring out. Yeah. I think just doing so much of it is you're trying to figure out. I think at, at first it was less specific and more kind of I would just, you know, I didn't have as clear of an idea of what I was doing, but I was just trying stuff. And then yeah, you start realizing what works and what doesn't as you keep doing it. Yeah. I think what I was trying to say is there are prank shows out there and there are like <clears throat> stuff like Sasha Baron Cohen's style stuff uh you know that but this is not that well that was like, part of even in thinking about this, this is but, show, you, but you have like taken elements of all comedy and created a brand new thing this in my opinion is what i'm getting at this is not related to a prank show reality thing this is like you're making like the most uh like human comedy like i was saying earlier before we started recording like your comedy just cuts to the core of like the bullshit of human behavior that that's that makes us like guttural laugh like all the time like without it being trendy it transcends trends and like fads and whatever uh that's very nice of you to does say, that make Chris. sense i'm a scatterbrain i just drank it no black it's really tea. nice i'm bad at taking compliments so i don't <laughs> but it's that's nice of you to say oh yeah i love taking compliments but i feel i want compliments but then when i get them i'm embarrassed <laughs> Yeah, that's normal, I guess. Yeah. You prefer Anyways, compliments than people saying bad things. I didn't have that prepared, so I don't know if it fully made sense. But anyways, I'm very proud of you. And and uh, I definitely think you've created something uh, that is wholly original and will be looked upon uh, from years from now as something that changed comedy. That is so sweet. <laughs> I'm going to hug you right now. <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> there we go. Thank you for making me smile. Um, no one will ever believe that you smiled. <laughs> uh, you can hear a smile through audio. <laughs> I know. Do it again. You have to talk during it. Hey. <laughs> Hi. Hey, welcome. Hey. Yeah, I don't know. Hey, if you guys are listening still, <laughs> can you hear our smiles? <laughs> um yeah no uh i don't know because i thought you would appreciate that compliment a bit because well a lot of people it's coming from someone that worked yeah. with you no i know it's, so You've i've seen, seen it from i've was... seen it from the beginning yeah Bro. chris 
was one of the first. Well, I guess I'm talking to you, but I know I'm talking. There are other people listening. Yes, but you were one this of the first people. All right. Yeah. What are your stats? <laughs> I don't know. It's all right. <laughs> okay. It's it, there's some international listeners, which is kind of neat. That's great. Yeah. Um. Hey, one of the best ones that keeps uh getting listens is Tim Gilbert's the first one. I granted Tim it's is the so first funny. one, but also Tim is that is an so amazing funny. one. Yeah. Yeah, he's incredible. Um, well, you and Tim were some of the first people I met when I moved here in Toronto. Yeah. I'm in Toronto right now and, yeah. uh, started doing stuff and I was just, I was just watching your stuff as a fan cause I would, I, it was, what was the show? It was Righteous Wednesdays. Yeah. Was that we show? did a weekly show called Righteous Wednesdays. Yeah. And I just checked it out and I couldn't believe the type of comedy that was going on in this city. It was so crazy. It was so good. And I'd watch the Gerg, you and Brian and uh, Brian Barlow. And then, yeah, that's come up on here. Brian did one last time I was in LA. Yeah. He knock, did, knock, who's there comedy which was Katie Crown, Ernie's, Adam, Adam Brody, and Dave. Yeah, Dave Durlany. And it was so, I was just so blown away. And I remember asking to show, I was just starting to make videos at the time. I was asked to show a video at the show and uh, Brian let me show something. And then I started I working still remember with you guys. It. I was so starstruck. I, I was still like, remember it. It was so exciting because I, I was just going as a fan I your first video so and long. watching the reaction. Because back then I was like in my early 20s, so I was like, or maybe mid-20s, and I was like young and hungry and didn't want anyone to be as funny as me or Brian. And so I was like, okay, let's watch this guy's video. Because we didn't know you yet. We just met you. And it was job interview. And after the video, I was like, god damn it, that was so funny. (laughs) This guy's so damn funny. And then I guess we all started working together after that. Yeah. Um, but you, ever since you landed in Toronto, which I think was 10 years ago now, right? 2005? Yeah. yeah. Or so? Yeah. It's always been an upward trajectory. I mean, I'm going to move on because it is getting really like, uh, I don't want to like just this be about like congratulating you the whole time. But maybe a lot of people that come to this podcast uh, as fans of yours first and don't know me or what your background. I will just say that uh, to get insight more into like your origins, you've always been on an upward trajectory very fast because you're like the hardest worker I've ever known. People might not know that. And I like how you were dealing with your audience last night when you were telling them like, look, everybody works on this show and it takes us six months to make like eight episodes. It takes a year. Yeah, it yeah. Takes, well, yeah, then you then you do I know how much you pour over footage to make it just right. Like people don't might not fully get that. And I remember speaking of those times when we would make videos all the time. I remember going over to that place where you lived with Levi and Tim and uh uh I remember we I'd be going over cuz we had a idea we wanted to work on and you're doing two phone calls and emails at the same time. Like you're, you've always been, yeah. So there's, there's something to say, like for fans of Nathan listening right now, yes, he is brilliant and hilarious and there's no one like him, but also consider this guy works his damn ass off. But I also got to work with like you, when I got to work with you on things, it would just be like you, like the people here were so funny and we would just all meet up 
and do stuff and it was it was just a great like i think a part of it was just people that wanted to shoot things all the time yeah and i didn't come from that you know when i was in vancouver it wasn't always like that or it was harder to find people that would just want to make something but then yeah you especially were just like always game to do stuff so we would just sit around and just come up with something and shoot it really quick and just we would just keep doing that yeah i love the stuff we came up with a lot of it is definitely like you and i are very different as comedians per se i think we work well together but i think where you've gone with uh nathan for you and all that and then where i've gone like as an actor and stand-up both our projects informed both those personalities you know what i mean to a degree like we were like i i I definitely liked uh like my favorite thing is acting like a bad actor you know or like you know or or parroting drama like we did with these moments too and stuff like that yeah so like that was my take and then like i go in that direction sort of more yeah you know but we both loved awkwardness and pacing yeah anyways whatever yeah it was super super fun time yeah i think that was it's like you kind of need that right you need to just experiment and make a ton of stuff to figure out yeah kind of what you do and i was new like you had been doing in you know your instincts were a bit sharper than because you had been doing comedy longer yeah Yeah, and i was new to it so i was just kind of had more of the shotgun approach where i was just we were just trying everything yeah but you would always be good at kind of knowing instinctually like this is tonally off or you know oh wow yeah um yeah it was a fun time it was also like a time uh where um we were working hard at it for our own love of it like it wasn't necessarily all about work all the time it was about fun and creating like you were saying about it just experimenting with everything and throwing it all out there it was for like the laugh sabbath shows it was to garner like fans a little bit locally sure but you know what i mean it wasn't like it was mostly for our friends right (laughs) other yeah but we made fans a little bit at that time yeah yeah there were but it was yeah it was about like let's make what we want to make well there's never a a sense here it wasn't like as a tv station gonna say yes yeah there was never Mm -hmm. a sense i felt that anyone would ever hire you to do something (laughs) like this yeah it was just for can we make our friends laugh yeah there's also a canadian element to that (laughs) lack of sense lack of lack of feeling that anyone would but in a way that was really good because then you're not thinking like oh this is a little too weird for yes what they might put on tv it's just kind of in canada you make comedy for the love yeah it's good and now that i'm still here i could say yeah it's mostly like that yeah um okay so that was nice good uh intro and uh oh yeah man before we move on Another thing I wanted to say about your Q&A last night, what I really liked uh, that that you did was, yes, you're totally right. If you if you guys haven't seen it, I've seen you do it now here in, in Montreal when the first season came out. You remember mm-hmm. you are doing that? Uh, I like how um, you, you, you're right. Q&As are boring and they're weird and it's weird when the person's looking down at them. So what you did was you bring the person that has the cue up on stage with you and you do a little nathan for you interview style to them yeah i like to get to know the you make it way more fun and you basically turn question. their question into a bit for the whole audience's enjoyment 
Yeah, and it's also fun to get to know people like that. Yeah, kind of people and yeah, people and are game to come up. Well, the one I saw last night, yeah, the the three people were awesome. Yeah, all in a different way. I can't believe that criminal lawyer was such a. Yeah, guy. I was just fascinated because <laughs> yeah. Well, for people listening, this guy came up who defends <laughs> criminals, and I'm just so interested in how that works. And because people, he said people confess to him crimes, and then he has to defend them as if they didn't do it. And I was thinking, like morally, what do you, what's going on in your head, and how do you justify that? Yeah, and then he he seemed him, pretty cool about the whole thing. He didn't really. Yeah, he he thought it was actually funny that the guy that whips his penis out all the time on the bus is free. <laughs> to yeah. do it and he's like and then you're like to be on the bus and then everyone laughs and then he goes uh yeah or the subway and then you're like wait i'm you're some like you're like i'm concerned about how cool you are with this right like he gets this pervert off and yeah yeah and then he actually even jokes about him being out there and then you're like but you kind of have to have that attitude i guess i mean the line that destroyed me and this is how quick you are it was when he said you ask him how much he's compensated and he says basically is it pro bono because it's for the no he just said not a lot because he's a lower level yeah and then you were just instantly like oh i thought you would be heavily compensated because of how morally compromising your job is it's true (laughs) that's what i thought it's genuinely true but that's what's so so funny because we all think that but we forget to say that sometimes yeah it's i I like when there's something that i'm really curious about that you know people have that i can actually ask about it's interesting yeah well you're speaking of being curious you're always interested in everybody else and your show is uniquely a setup for regular people to be the comedians to a degree, right? You're sort of like this blank slate that lets them... And you're like, now that's, <laughs> that takes away all the hard work I said that you... No, do. it's true. It's What people like most but, about the show is not what I do. It's kind of what these regular people are offering and seeing their unique... I think people are mostly drawn... Like when people talk about an episode, they're they're saying like oh i love that real estate agent or i love that yeah. person they're not saying the real oh, estate you agent really one made me really yeah. uncomfortable yeah you know me i get uncomfortable by that, half that stuff so much but that actually really bugged me when that mom was interviewing you for av club uh-huh. and she had a problem with you not emoting and being so dry or whatever mm-hmm. so she doesn't get to know you the one of the original comedians of film was buster keaton mm-hmm. and that guy was going through so much craziness with a straight deadpan face mm-hmm. why can't people just think you're like this modern buster keaton well some people like that type of thing have they compared you uh i i haven't heard that <laughs> well, that they, much but i don't know i don't it's kind of just i don't yeah i'm but, not like the most emotive all the time okay well now for the rest of the this i hope podcast. people aren't bored with everything that's happened so far on this that's, podcast yeah it's just boring no what the hell me talking about my own life in front of you <laughs> well this i don't know if this is um what people want to hear right isn't well, it I, called utopia to yeah me? well i was just transitioning but i keep getting distracted because i haven't seen you since what march i haven't talked to you in a while yeah. anyways but yeah who cares oh yeah Are yeah you guys still right. into who it? cares <laughs> uh yeah this is free right so this is free yeah People yeah. can't really have high expectations. I make this for the love. There's yeah. no sponsor. 
No sponsor. No sponsor. Yeah, they're getting this free without ads. Yeah, they're getting this free without right. ads, without editing, right. um, without pre-planning any organization skills going into it. Um, but yeah, for some reason, I think people put this on and then they vacuum the house. I don't know. I don't <laughs> know what they do. It's very nice. But uh, I was transitioning into your utopia because I was basically what I was getting at was you are this conduit for us to laugh at all uh, ourselves. That's a lot what your comedy is like. So to get to know you, have you thought about what your utopian world would be like at all? Um, well, there's one thing that I thought on the way here that I was thinking, this is something that's always kind of bothered me, but you know how there, there seems to be like an expectation when you end a phone call that you have to people always think i'm abrupt when i end phone calls because i just say okay i gotta go so i'll talk to you later Mm -hmm. but people say you're supposed to ease out of phone calls by being like Mm -hmm. all right well okay okay like you're supposed to have like a tone like that for a little bit and then end it yeah so i think in my utopia i would (laughs) just there wouldn't be an expectation that you have to ease out of phone calls you can just say, all right, I have to go now. Goodbye. And people would be like, that's normal. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> all right, Amongst well, other things. Oh, but oh okay. That, yes. That wouldn't. Oh, I almost was about to thank you for coming on today. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. We could add there. I mean, even if that was it, I think that would be enough of an improvement to be to take some of that pressure out of me. Because I do, you know, I'm on the phone a lot sometimes. Yeah. So in your utopian world, which could be anything you could ever imagine, mm-hmm. there's still phone calls. They just end uh, the way you like them to end. People just don't think you're rude for just saying, right. okay, so I'm going to go now. Goodbye. So there's this understanding that you don't have to like ease out of a phone call. Yes. Global you're understanding. Because you know, you're supposed to like raise your voice or like not raise your voice, but like go like, all right, well... Seems good. So uh, I guess we'll. I don't know. You're supposed to kind of do this, and I, I'm not good at it because I've asked people. Even sometimes when I'm ending a call, people are like just like that, you're gonna go. Yeah. And I'm like, well, yeah, I'm trying to end the phone call, and then I, and they're like, well, you're. That's just so abrupt. And I'm like, what are you supposed to do? We've we've t- talked about everything we're supposed to talk about. Yeah, and they say you're supposed to ease. You're supposed to kind of be like, all right, well, I guess we should. Uh, sounds good. Um, <laughs> so nice to talk to you. And yeah, I think I. Uh, how do you do it when you end a call? I'm just thinking about it because I know what you're saying. And uh, all right, well, <clears throat> seems good. Okay. Yeah. Like that. Like <laughs> a big breath and like a couple. Yeah audio cues but i hate that stuff too i hate the fake mechanisms because then it's like oh don't placate to me get off the phone if you need to Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. i don't like being pandered to like i'm a child on the phone yeah yeah like Like, i'm I'm with it man yeah i think that would be a great world it would be rude if you're in the middle of talking about a thing like it's not like i'm just like in the middle of talking i'm like goodbye i wait for that topic to end or what we've wanted to discuss you know what people kill me about what uh i get busted looking at the internet while i'm on a phone call oh yeah yeah always 
I'm all my uh, my agent uh, uh, like is mad at me all the time. Every time he's calling, I'm like, uh huh, and he's like, what did I say? I'm like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> he says, what did I say? Yeah. <laughs> so he's really putting you on the spot. Very few people. He knows I'm on the internet to that level. But what am I supposed to keep talking about over and over again? I well, when I talk point. to you sometimes, I remember we used to talk on the phone. I think feel like we were both on the internet, and we would just be back and uh-huh. forth like, uh-huh, <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, yeah but so. you're always distracted. That's part of you being this busy, busy body is you're always checking your phone, right? You got, you got people to talk to. Well, not Whereas always. Me, sometimes I'd I be just like have looking, bad habits. Me, I'd be like looking at a band learning about a band or something yeah i would definitely not be looking at a band (laughs) i know uh okay so let's i like that so so far in it's is it like planet earth basically though like you know everything countries it's kind of the same setup yeah because your whole planet can be different like your utopian world could be as well definitely be the phone call thing would be in every country and then so there's still countries yeah I think so because it seems to work okay, right? Like, I don't know. I don't know. Um, it I seems guess like I some countries really fight with each other. Yeah, well, we would tone that back a bit. But I wouldn't want. I'm I'm anti-violence, right? So I guess in this, but I'm also pro-human. And it's like a human instinct. So maybe you need some sort of system. Isn't that the worst conflict? Is that we're naturally aggressive and uh, territorial, right? Yeah. So it's tough because it's like are in this perfect world, are you kind of changing humans to the point where they're different types of people where they don't have a certain emotion? Maybe it should be a system kind of like how it is in hockey where they're fighting, but it's all part it's like controlled and when everyone fights around the world they just jersey each other yes like stuff like that so because then the, they go into penalty isn't box. the theory behind it in hockey is that they're the fighting is because they're able to take out their aggression but so they won't hit someone with a stick in the face because they're gonna fight in this way so they're able to get that out of their system that's what i thought the really? fighting was for in hockey i've yeah. never thought about hockey fights as let them punch each other for a bit because it's better than the stick. Yes. I actually think that's part... Well, probably they want... Did you just want, create that theory yourself? I've heard that before. Okay. I didn't know But that. maybe they're just justifying it because they want... It's better for ratings. So this is interesting to me because you invented a successful product right now, Summit Ice, um, because... Which is a jacket company. Which is a jacket company. And company. it's successful now. Right. right? It's All the uh, profits go to a charity. So basically what I'm getting at is, uh, which is something you feel close to because of your Jewish heritage. Yes. <laughs> and so I don't know why I took this roundabout way to get to it, but Israel, Palestine, you would still want them to take out their aggressions, but more like in a hockey style, like maybe Jersey each other, go in a penalty box and then they'd be relaxed after that. Instead- maybe it's hard to figure out exactly a system that would work i should delete this part why because it's so clunky well i mean it's this is this is good because we're we're trying to figure it out we're trying to solve it i I also feel like it's really hard to have solutions because 
I wouldn't want to put something on to other people as well mm-hmm. in a perfect world. I wouldn't want to say like, okay, these are the rules now. And then everyone's going to say, Oh, I don't like this, mm-hmm. you know? So, but I don't have an answer to all that. The only answer I could think of is like changing people's emotions. So people don't have the instinct to be violent to each other. Well, how about this? But would that have, would that change what, people are as humans and then would that have some other ripple effect that i wouldn't know but the ripple effect has already begun because of how they get off the phone now i think that simple understanding of hey it's time to get off the phone goodbye will be a ripple effect that leads to world peace eventually because it is a calming soothing perspective yeah maybe that's it although it's tough because i do enjoy you know how people are complex in a way, but right. I also have these, like another thing too is uh small talk in general. Right. I think I would want that not to exist, which is in the same wheelhouse as the uh, phone call etiquette, because you don't, it's like what we were talking about. You don't like this BS pandering mm-hmm. just for the sake of filling well, the space. Well, maybe small talk should be, uh, allowed but you should get like a ticket you know what i mean for too much no for just doing it like oh. it should be one of those things where you can get away with it but if anyone sees you you get like a 15 dollar ticket so you're like oh, so people but... are more likely to just talk to avoid these superficial topics yeah and try to get into the person they're talking to a lot quicker yeah. so you're not being like oh where are you from like that type of stuff but you're kind of talking about things that are a little more personal yeah and that are more so it's more substantial it's not the weather bs yes and that and if you go I, weather bs you get a tickle ticket from the cops a, or a tickle <laughs> or a tickle see this is how you find good ideas you get a ticket or a tickle <laughs> yeah I, I, a tickle would be fine too because i think people would hate that more than a ticket so what if um rich people i guess wouldn't care though because it would be income adjusted so if you're rich you're not gonna get a 15 dollar ticket you're gonna get a thousand dollar ticket right oh that's nice so it's relative to your income and or then, a thousand tickles yes or a tickle <laughs> but then you if you did the tickle thing you'd probably get some like perverts that are always having like small talk because they want to be tickled or something <laughs> weird right or they're just yeah they're just staring at staring at you in the elevator like go on talk about the weather because yeah. if you say it they get to tickle you or Oh, they get to so you get to tickle the person. <laughs> yeah, not me. The yeah, the pervert. Yeah, so that might be. So the dangerous. person that you say small talk to, um, you, you're busted, and that person does the uh, tickle punishment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow, this is great. We're building a really unique world here. It's hard for me to think in terms of like the bigger ideas, right? But in terms of the smaller things, I think that would help. Also, there's another thing that I feel like that I would like. Sometimes when I'm, I'll go to, you know, I'll go to a different city or I'm traveling and I'll eat at these good restaurants and I'll have mm-hmm. several rich meals in a row and I start getting sick. Mm-hmm. Like after a couple because... Too much butter. Yeah, it's just too rich. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I kind of wish that maybe that didn't happen too, where you'd be able to eat a lot of 
rich food that's yeah. really delicious, but you would it would never feel like sick, or you'd never you could keep doing it. Really? So you eat a lot of rich foods, eh? Because mm-hmm. I know you more as like a sushi or a pho kind of guy. Well, um, that was me just humble bragging that I know you. I do love sushi and I love pho, yeah. but. Um, Which a past guest that was on actually said it's pronounced pho, but I'll never say that. You know, I used to be pretty routine with my eating habits. Like I would yeah. like to go to certain places and I would always go there and I'd keep eating at those places. Yeah. But then actually something happened when I worked on John Benjamin's show in yeah. New York. Uh, and every day we would go for lunch at, and he'd, we'd go to these really amazing places and food that I didn't really eat a lot. You know, I wouldn't eat Chinese food that much. Yeah. We'd go to all these places and I would have no idea what any of the dishes were. And I, my instinct okay. was having bad food. So I wouldn't like, I've had a lot of bad Chinese food, which is maybe why I didn't like it. Yeah. And we'd go to all these really good places. He would and know where to go. He would just like order for everyone. And I'm like, I would always want my instinct was to substitute things. Like I'd be like, what's in this? Or, you know, I wouldn't, I'd want to like control it a bit more. Yeah. But then I, this was all just forced upon me and he wouldn't let me do that because he would, uh, berate me if I ever took too much time ordering or looking at the menu. So I just gave oh up. Oh my God. And he would order all the food and then it was so delicious. Like That's everything so was so delicious. And I realized, Oh, the reason why you were trying I to don't... over control it too much, you were yeah. missing out on life. Yes, I was missing out on life. We got into and then... a fight once in Halifax because I wanted to go to a restaurant that I wanted to go to, and you were adamant that we weren't going there, but you weren't directly saying that. Do you remember that? Uh, no. What okay. was the restaurant? It was just like I we we ended up going where you wanted to go, but that totally reminds me of that. I did not have the the swaying powers of John Benjamin. Well. I think it was just that, yeah, he's like, he just wouldn't take any shit from me and he just did it and it was over the course of over a month and so it just got beaten out of me and I realized like, oh, if you actually have good food, if you go to like good places Mm -hmm. where it's not just crappy food, like mall food, it's actually really good all the different and after that's that awesome. point and yeah, you guys were I working totally, in new york right yeah, Sorry, after, yeah. yeah so we we're going to all these great places in chinatown and then yeah. after that point i started really being open to any type of food and i would it totally changed how i that's awesome eat stuff and so i end up spending more money on food now because of it or like yeah. i'll go to restaurants but now i'm more willing to try different things yeah but anyways going back to what i was saying is so i wish that i didn't feel sick from it and i could eat you know those meals all the time (laughs) you know i love that uh explanation of so now i pay a lot of money to eat really nice food and i wish i didn't get sick from that every now and then yeah i don't but it is true like you know like yeah it's uh it's weird when you get accustomed to some nice restaurant food and then you're at home and you're like what am i going to eat a banana it starts you start feeling sad like you're like but you kind of need that a little bit because with the current you can go out for like a a really rich meal but if you do that a couple days in a row then you just want to eat bland food for a little bit did you have a because you need to reset your system and have some vegetables or something 
so you don't feel like you're getting a disease. <laughs> Have you had any rich food since you got to Toronto? Um, I don't s- think so. I'm saying because um, for those of you listening might not know because it's been a, few, a while, but Kathleen and I moved. We're in a new neighborhood and there's a really, really good Indian restaurant up the street. Oh, wow. Oh, just saying. I, I'm sure the listeners are really excited about that. Uh, that sounds... Actually, the listeners that are listening to this because they just listened to my podcast and not because they came to just to hear you, they do know that I love Indian food and I talk about it all the time. Oh, well, that's... Uh, I'm, I mean, that's great. So in your utopia, I guess there would be Indian <laughs> restaurants. Yeah, I think I would just, I don't know. I never answer my own utopia, but I'd probably live in a vat of Indian food and just die in it. But, uh, mm. so there you go. Secrets out. But, um, yeah, I like that. I also wish, uh, some rich food. People are tickling each other or getting tickets for small talk. They're being I, I nice don't know on about the, the tickling phone. thing. Yeah. Yeah, maybe take the tickling back. But I like the idea of the cops giving you a ticket for talking about the weather when you don't have to. Just yeah, yeah. I don't, I think that should be discouraged. You know what is so funny? Because a lot of your, besides the food one, which is uh, which is great and a lot of people can relate to, but the small talk one and the phone one are still along the same lines, uh, themes as your show, is that the... Uh, the fat like the the nonsense that humans do that is totally unreasonable and unnecessary that's what you call attention to with your comedy a lot and in real life now in your utopian world we're finding out that you that nonsense actually is like uh, you think it's absurd anyways like get out of here well sometimes i i have always struggled with the difficulty and like connect getting from just that acquaintance like you just meet someone to like getting kind of personal where you feel like you're kind of connecting with the person and like sharing something that seems authentic right so just that gap is always like annoying annoying, but i think a lot about it and i think a lot about just the disconnect and how to like so i think a lot of the things that would be in my utopia would be eliminating that gap where i love that you you can just kind of get immediately every person you talk to and every interaction would be like very more meaningful and valuable and you like connect instantly with people i really love that and that brings us back to your q a style for your live show that you two around is you're literally taking the audience members up there and creating those moments instead of having a superficial Q and A from the stage, like I'm the celeb, you're the gaggle of people that I can barely see. It was really cool. I like how your uh, your comedy is themed about that, around that stuff. Is there any other ones off the top of your mind that bother you that you would like to change? Any other things? Yeah, just like superficial, corny nonsense that we should scrap. Um, it's hard to think. I guess, like. I guess it would be cool if people like kissed right away. <laughs> um, you mean like uh, when it's obvious that they know each other or, or they're attracted to each other, but they're they're being uh, coy and shy and nervous. Although that type of stuff is. Or do you mean of, any person on the street? Maybe anyone. 
So do you think random people should just kiss each other and keep walking? Well, it could be interesting if you like, yeah, if you almost like start with a kiss and then talk after that. Well, I guess Italians sort of do that, right? No, oh, no. but not that type of thing. Now that noise is my cat Wolfman using the scratch pad we bought her. Isn't that weird how they just do that? They just scratch a thing. You like that, Wolfman? Wolfman. <laughs> Doesn't she look like a wolfman? Yes. <laughs> um, okay. Did you get her when she was a baby? Yeah, both Wolfman and Bernadette were found with two other siblings in a plastic bag that a lady put in a garbage can in Trinity <gasps> Bellwoods Park. You found them? <laughs> Kathleen did. Oh, my God. Yeah, so she rescued the bag. and uh, In a plastic bag? Yeah. How did she find the bag? She saw the lady put it in there. She was spying on her. She was like, what the hell? Wow. Yeah, so Kathleen basically saved four cats, and then we took Wolfman and Bernadette out of the bag and kept them and then put the other two back in the garbage. That's really nice. Uh, you missed my joke. I oh, said, what was the joke? <laughs> I said we put the other two back in the garbage. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> oh, yeah. In my utopia, I wouldn't miss any jokes, <laughs> too. Yeah. I'd hear and get all of them. And then you would respond with, oh, that's funny. Yeah. No, I'd laugh. I'd laugh at them. Uh, what about this in your utopia? Also, maybe no wit. Really? Mm, let me think. Do you want to ever... <laughs> uh, One sense of humor that I like about yours that people that just watch the show might know, not know is you like to dare slash bet your friend to do something insane. And I think Katie Crown usually ends up being... She's always game. Yeah, she's always game to do it. Yeah. Like, I think you did one when we were having... Uh, mexican food in la a few years ago yeah to with the man's shoulder or whatever with the chocolate sauce i can't remember can you I explain remember, one? Oh yeah that that was a different one where she just touched his shoulder or something? I, I mean i only kind of do this with katie but oh, okay well she's she's the only one who kind of will accept it yeah but i'll offer to pay for her meal or to give her 10 bucks if she does something so that <laughs> that, that one in the mexican <laughs> restaurant there was a, there was just a man sitting there was a couple at a table yeah and a guy and a girl across from each other and i i said if you can go if you can keep your hand on that man's shoulder for 30 seconds (laughs) i'll give you like ten dollars or i'll pay for your meal or something yeah and she does it she does it but she's so you know like She's so likable. I yeah. could never get away with that. I mean, but like, she would talk yeah. to him and she, she'd go there and kind of talk during it and be like, oh, it's, what are you eating here? And like, she'd keep it on there. And she did it in a way where they actually, at the end of it, rather than feeling weird, the people feel like, oh, cool. Who is this person? Yeah. You know what I mean? They like her. She has an amazing way of doing it. And it's, it's really fascinating to watch because it's, it doesn't, like, it's not things that are going to end up disastrous. But there was another Mexican place that we went to. I, I don't think you were there for this one. I think Aaron told me about it. Okay, yeah. Was and he there? Katie, Someone told me about it. Um, there was like this chocolate sauce that they kind of gave <laughs> as a dessert <laughs> yeah. with these donuts, I think, or something. And I said to Katie, same deal or whatever. I'm sure it was $10. If she'd 
make a goatee with the chocolate sauce, <laughs> and then when the waiter came, say, "Look, I made a goatee with the chocolate sauce." And then yeah. the craziest thing happened. She did it. The waiter came. She says, "Look, I made a goatee with the chocolate sauce." Oh yeah, I know this. And yeah. then immediately, without skipping a beat, the waiter sticks his finger in the chocolate sauce. And does a a goatee of it like quickly a goatee on his own. He's like, "Look, I did it too." That's so and awesome. It was so crazy. <laughs> we burst out laughing. It was just the craziest, most instant choice. I love that. But I only think someone like Katie has the ability to get like Bring that make out. people. I if there's no way if I did that, people would have these reactions. But there the you go. Thing. That's another sense style of humor where you're breaking. With the uh, social eti- norms of etiquette, yeah, maybe. <laughs> I, I'm overanalyzing it's mostly, it now. Well, yeah, I don't know. I just like seeing you Katie just like do being it. a goof. Yeah. Katie's. I mean, it's it's most funny when Katie does it. I think because she's yeah, um, she brings stuff out of people that's it's not. It doesn't throw them. They she gets these insane. Yeah, like, if anyone doesn't know, for some reason, we're talking about Katie Crown, who's. A yes. well-established, super hilarious comedian in her own right. And her episode is really fun of Utopia to Me. You can check it out anyways, too. Yeah, yeah that's what we're talking about. And she's if you're, she's in L.A., if you if anyone's in L.A., you should catch any show she does. Yeah. She's... Uh, Brilliant. She just did an amazing her solo show at the Meltdown Oh, yeah, place. she did it. Yeah. I know she was getting ready for it. Yeah, wicked. Yeah. Yeah, so. she's wholly original. No one's like her. And, yeah, just the nicest and goofiest person. Yeah, mm-hmm. and you guys work together. Does she ever work on Nathan for you? Or she did, right? Yeah, she's she's come into you know for like sometimes we'll have roundtables and awesome. have people just look at stuff and give notes. Yeah, her brain is wicked. But yeah, a lot of Toronto friends have moved to Katie. We yeah. do stuff here in Toronto, and that's how we got to know each other. But yeah. a lot of people now from those days are in LA. Are in LA, me. except for Chris and Kathleen. <laughs> And Aaron. And Aaron and James. And James. And Tim. And Tim. Yeah. But you're all, you're all welcome. We'll we'll take you all. I'm working on my green card. It takes forever. I get distracted and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Americans don't know how hard it is. It sucks. Mm-hmm. No, it was it was it was terrible for me. But in my utopia you'd still have to go through that process. <laughs> Yeah, you'd have to get an O one visa, green card. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, in your utopian world, Canadians are super hilarious. Canadians, talented, yes, are suffering because they're in a low populated giant country with no TV stations that have any budget to make anything, but they still have to go through the uh, government rigmarole mm-hmm. to just try and you got to have rules this can't be a chaos <laughs> world you know what i mean Yeah, you have to get your own visa what do you want to live in chaos yes i mean we need rules it can't be i love that sure you could say i hate it i love it yeah um so i guess we're getting kind of near the end if you want we can keep going also if you want but how long is, have we been going it's special to have you here so i don't care 57 minutes wow but we i always go over an hour I'm a, Do you make rules for yourself? I'm chaos, buddy. You're chaos. <laughs> yeah, I'm the I'm the rapper singer chaos. Oh no, I'm like 
your I'm chaos to your um, button down uh, rules. Machine. That's not me. I'm silly. Chris. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, you're you're silly. We're both silly, but you're organized. I'm a mess. That's our funny. Yeah, way. maybe you're a bit more. Um. Oh, look at that. See, that's what you can see from my new condo. You can see a plane flying by right like that. Is that a porter one? I don't know. It looks bigger. It looks like a a random. Maybe we're being bombed. No, no. Um. Anyways, so Chris has a view here of the CN Tower, which is the one thing you do want a view of in Toronto because it's a landmark, a very famous building. Very nice. Yeah, we're happy here. Well, I guess I'll go to L.A. So, (laughs) in your utopia, would you have a better view of the CN Tower where you can see the base of it? In my utopia, you can see the CN Tower from where you live in L.A. Wow. Uh, Yeah, would that be like in like... Would you want a view of all the famous buildings from where you live? Kind of like the back of a... Yeah, kind of like that last Foo Fighters album cover. Oh, what was that? No. I think it was just a bunch of landmarks on like one album cover. Oh, really? Yeah, because they travel a lot, you know what I mean? Yeah. So they showed that, hey, we go around this the world. Uh, I wonder <laughs> if anyone listening is like, yeah, but what about the kissing thing? We got really, really distracted. Oh from yeah, that. Well, yeah. So that, that so open with a kiss and then get to know the person after. Yeah, wouldn't that be kind of interesting? I mean, I guess I would want the ability to change the rules very quickly in yeah. the utopia, but that would be. I, I'd be interested in seeing how that went. Like, I wonder if you started, mm-hmm. if you met someone and you started with. And no one would have a, an issue with, like, boundaries or anything like that. Well, I guess you like would... Like, personal boundaries. Hmm. I guess maybe just not for kiss. It would be a kiss on the lips, and then you start talking. But you would only do it with people... Hmm. Actually, this is, a, this is complicated. It's a hard. Bit. Yeah. Because, uh, yeah... You don't want to be like a pervert in your utopian well, world. Well, no, it wouldn't be. That's why. Pe- there, I mean, people would want to do it. You could even just say it's your own utopian world. You can just say, look, everyone's perverted by my standards and it's acceptable. No, that's not how I want. <laughs> I think it's just kind of like you kiss and then you're breaking through this kind of, you know, you're, you're right. immediately, well, Italians- you immediately feel a little closer. Is it the, and maybe the Italian approach is... Yeah, cheek-cheek. Yeah, maybe that's kind of a good thing, too. But also, when people do the cheek-cheek thing, what they about sometimes cheek, don't cheek, actually well, kiss. Kiss-cheek, kiss-cheek, and then honk-cheek, honk-cheek, like butt-cheeks. They touch butt-cheeks? No, with their hands. But so a kiss is fairly... You know, it's, it is an intimate thing, but it's also... I mean, just a kiss is probably not... Well, I guess it's fairly intimate. Kiss is the weirdest thing in the world. I have no idea what's functional about a kiss. Well, that's why it's... Yeah. Like, to make a baby, you don't kiss. You well, don't have to kiss, I mean. Well, it's good. Yes. You don't have to. Remember Pretty Woman? Have you seen that movie? Yeah. She does everything. Classic to, film. Classic. <laughs> she does everything to Richard Gere, but she says, no kissing. 
Right. And he wants that. <laughs> Does yeah. he? Yeah, I think that's the goal of his goal of the movie. Right. Is to kiss the prostitute. Right. So That's why so why won't me. she kiss? Because it means more. But why mm-hmm. does it mean more, Julia? You know what I mean? Have you met Julia Roberts in Hollywood? I have not. Really? There's a lot of celebs that are wearing your Summit Ice coat. Yeah. Did you make huge, them wear it? We got a huge celeb. Did you following. run up to them with a camera and make them wear it? I, I don't force anyone to do anything. But, you know. I love it. If they want to wear it, you know, I'm all for that. That's really nice. Um, what's the uh, um, what's the so so now that you're like running with this circle to a degree, right? What circle? Famous people. Yeah, that's I've kind of abandoned anyone that in my life that's not a celeb. <laughs> well, that's why I extra appreciate you coming to. Uh, coming well, you're paying me. That's why. That's yeah, why. in Indian food. Um, but. Is there someone that you were really starstruck that you were like, this is this has gotten a little crazy? Well, yeah. At one point... I mean, I remember you told me about... Sorry to interrupt. I, I asked you a question, then I interrupted. No, right? you can... What were you going to say, sir? Well, the, <laughs> the Edward Norton thing was really cool. Yeah. Well, I've had a couple experiences that have been in the past... Uh, couple years since the show is airing can you share them here just because you know yeah yeah. well they've been very surreal for me because when it's someone that i'm a fan of Mm -hmm. and i've had it happen a couple times where they come i'm at a party and they're there and they actually come up to me and be like i'm a huge fan of your show or like i really enjoy and i'm i don't even know what to say i'm too overwhelmed amazing i love that who like well Edward Norton that happened at a party where he yeah. like came up to me and we started we talked for a while and he's into magic he knows David Blaine oh yeah that's what so it was. we had a lot to talk about because yeah. I have a lot of ideas and things that I think about with magic anyways but well you know the card trick you taught me where you can make it yeah. disappear in your hand yeah I still show people that and are they impressed yeah <laughs> it's a good one <laughs> yeah it's a good one. It's yeah. funny because you made me teach you that. And yeah. I, when a friend showed that to me when I was younger, I made him teach me that as well. Yeah, you got to So it might know. be one of those tricks where it's like the only way you learn is if someone's like, you have to force them to show you that. I love it when that girl um, that you were on the fake date with didn't care about the uh, coin trick. Yeah. That was her real reaction? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That was yeah, really funny. Just, I think I've seen that one before. Yeah. That was her reaction. That was great. Which uh, is the worst reaction. She was really scared of you. Um, but yeah, so Edward Norton is a magic fan. Maybe the maybe the biggest one was I was at this uh, Emmys party last year and yeah. Julia Louis-Dreyfus came up to me and was like, I love your show. I've been watching it. And I was just like, uh, because I've it was in the middle of i was i've been watching i'm obsessed with veep i really like that show and and, and yeah. everything yeah, she's done of course. and i think she's the most talented comedic actress she's just the best yeah and i think yeah she's amazing did you so, get to tell her that at least yeah no i okay. talked to her and her husband for like a half an hour and her husband's and were, that ex uh, snl actor too right brad or something blonde guy yeah i don't know okay, I, don't, I don't know what he um <laughs> But, that was a long time ago. That was in oh, the 80s. Are they still the same? 
I don't know. Oh, maybe. I guess maybe her I kid, a lot of people find out through their kids, like their kids tell them to watch or their kids are into the show. But yeah, that was that crazy so for awesome. me. And I didn't I didn't even know how to handle it. But I yeah, she's that was probably maybe the one that was Did you win an Emmy? But no, I didn't. I You will. <laughs> oh, thanks for in my Didn't Graham win an Emmy? I I, did he win one? Or no, he was there. He he might have been nominated. Yeah, for, yeah, he was at the Emmys. Incredible! Everyone's doing really well. Yeah, it's very nice. It's cool. We started see. out as little ding dongs, and it's going great. Yeah. Um. So yeah, Julia Louis Dreyfus. Are those the two main big ones that rocked you? Well, she. There's yeah. There's been a few. Just I've met more people, and I think. Yeah. I mean, I'm not, I don't really get starstruck if I'm not myself a big fan of the person. Of course. Or yeah, like, no. Yeah. That's the best kind of starstruck is when it actually means something to your life instead of like, you should be starstruck about this person. But like, I sometimes don't know what to say. Sometimes when people, I, I said I have like, I'm bad at handling compliments, but sometimes these people, it's hard because. I'm thinking in my mind, well, everyone must just tell you all the time how much they love your work and how much they love you. So I'm like, I don't want to sound like, oh, I, you know what I mean? I, I kind of don't know how to handle it. I, I, yeah. I think sometimes I think, oh, it's just a given. You you must know how much I like your work. Yeah. So I don't know what to say. I'm kind of like, obviously, I, I love what right. you yeah. Because when yeah. when you know when you're kind of like a cultural icon or something, and you do amazing stuff. Well, for me, what really blew my mind when I realized like what was going on for you was uh, a few years ago, like oh years years ago, I was showing you home movies and and yeah. stuff like that, being like John Benjamin's my favorite guy, and I was like telling you about him yeah. and John Glaser, like I I would really love those guys, like uh coming up and uh so i told you about john benjamin then next like you know years later we're both at sf sketch fest i'm doing stand-up and you're doing promo for john benjamin has a van and now i'm hanging out with the three of you yeah and he loves you and he tells me that his son loves morning walk he watches it all the time (laughs) oh yeah and i'm just like what the hell is this world you know and that's when it really started hitting me like oh man you're like well you actually turned me on to a lot of i i was fairly not knowledgeable about comedy stuff when i first moved to toronto and you like made me watch all this stuff that was um you showed me kind of what's going on in the new york comedy scene you were showing me live stuff from those shows there what was the shows called invite them up right so you had clips of all that and then you were making me watch all these british shows um yeah well i think actually you and i made that series that like uh these moments too that um the best that came of that was like people passed them around they really liked them and we won best web series 2006 now magazine remember that is that true you don't even remember. I, I forgot. I think that's still in my bios. Come on. No. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, we did. And then uh, I do. I think. But I we remember. made a bunch of those after watching um, Human Remains, the Julie right, Davis yeah. 
Rob Bryden thing where they were like, well, I remember you showed it to me without yeah. saying anything, and I did. I watched four episodes of that, and I didn't know it was the same two people in all those episodes. Yeah. Like I didn't know it was Rob Bryden in all those things. Yeah, he's a big. I mean, that's I'm crazy. A big fan of his. Yeah, yeah. That series is so good. Yeah, I, I, I need still, to rewatch it. And Kathleen, like, it's weird because Kathleen loves Julia Davis. Yes. and I love Rob Bryden, and we. Kathleen talk- reminds me a lot of julia davis yeah i've told her that before well we talk all the time like um about yeah doing stuff like that so but uh we're big fans of that stuff that's cool yeah i forget about all of that stuff it's good like remembering now but uh yeah so that was one time where i got not starstruck to the max but i was like oh you're in this world now where we're just hanging out uh at this party with john benjamin and he's like he loves you and we're like laughing and stuff so that was like, but it's like a small. The, that's it's not like, the Emmys with Julia. Lu- it's Lu- like a Dreyfus, small but. world, kind of. Especially when you're in LA, you start to realize, oh, just everyone kind of is here. It's like here in Toronto, you know everyone in comedy, <laughs> and you know, you know, it's like it feels. Ron like James very, has done this podcast, has he? Yes, really? Yeah. So is Brent Butt. Well, see, you know everyone. <laughs> I, I'm, if you know those guys, you know everyone. Yeah, everybody that stayed in Canada moves sideways towards my podcast yeah. <laughs> <laughs> career-wise it's very nice no it is nice uh and yeah and every time i go to the states it's yeah it's, it's really awesome mm-hmm. um, um the comedy scene there but yeah so we should wrap it up with the your utopia we've got some great ideas here uh <laughs> basically what's going to happen pretty is pretty weak pretty weak <laughs> utopia yeah but everything that you've been talking about is very interesting people are going to be happy to hear it but the thing is is uh in my opinion but the thing yeah uh so you we got get phone etiquette take it easy like just relax and be yourself yeah. uh small talk just take it easy make it more meaningful none of this weather bs or anything anymore mm-hmm. none of this uh the jays are doing well or whatever right the dodgers are doing well shut up man tell me something real right uh yeah yeah a little bit more just kind of talk natural about, yeah or maybe you feel stuff you're you're connecting on a deeper level maybe so people more instantly so, so if you're stuck in an elevator someone you're having less meaningless conversations with people yeah so so for example like if you're stuck in an elevator with someone instead of them turning and being like nice day you want them to turn and be like i think owning a cottage is weird yeah i mean that's interesting right that could be good or like like, it could be that someone turns to you and says like i'm having issues in my relationship right now can you help me talk me through it i'd be like yeah sure what's going on well and then i'd share uh, experiences of my own and then they'd be like well my wife uh doesn't want to own the cottage anymore. Oh, and uh, what? How do you feel about that? I love the cottage. It's uh, the first thing we ever bought together. How long have you guys been together? Thirty-eight years. And is everything else going in the relationship going well? 
Yes, of course. You know, I mean, it seems like it should be. I mean, can I ask something? If after thirty-eight years, are you still like how sexually active are you guys? Is it still going well? Well, of course that changes over time. I mean, but you know, we try not to take each other for granted. Like, for example, a few months ago, um, my friend gave me tickets to the symphony, and uh, I brought my wife with me. And uh, before that, we got dinner at a nice deli and um which i like i think she liked it mm-hmm. then we watched the symphony and then came home and uh you know at our age we're just tired so i i did give her a kiss on the cheek and i hugged her but uh well, do you have to plan sex i did at notice that, that when or, i went yeah. to sleep that night she her light was still on and she was reading a book okay um okay so you didn't you weren't intimate that night well, that's the thing, you know, it's like, I think she understands. We're getting older and uh, I was exhausted. I mean, I paid for dinner. I didn't have to take her to the symphony. You know what I mean? You guys don't have a joint bank account? <sighs> no. I, someone told me years ago that that's, that will for sure thing lead to a divorce if we share a bank account. Interesting. Yeah. Wow. Well, see, that's the thing. So we're we're independent people that share our lives together and we... We understand each other, but uh, yeah, something is going. I don't think it's just the cottage. Something is. You're right. Oh, this is my floor. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, great talking to you. Great talking to you. Have a good day. I mean, that would be amazing because I feel like whatever. That's a long elevator ride. But what? So it could be a tall building or a slow elevator. But whatever it is, I feel like that that conversation. I leave being wow i'm like thinking about that and i feel like i kind of connected with that person yes well you don't have to sell me i totally agree with you i wish conversations were way more rich like that speaking Mm -hmm. of the rich food conversations should be rich and they don't make you sick as well and when we talk it's less of a issue i feel like you have a tendency to i was just gonna bring that up you call me on that all the time but it's true i talk about i get to the meat right away i don't like the bs either that's probably why I enjoy talking to you. I mean, we used to have long walks around Toronto where I, I've always found it very easy to talk to you for that reason. Yeah. Because it's interesting and there's a lot to think about and talk about. Because it's, not, it's not too superficial. <laughs> I remember some pretty funny things yes. you've said in the past. You remember I don't know if you want me to say them here. Sure. Is it? <laughs> well, I remember one time you told me that I was the first person you ever met that taught you that other people are can be different basically <laughs> what? i don't remember how you said it but it was like have different like emotions than you do or something it was funny but when we anyways i can't remember the exact wording but when we started working together oh i remember saying to you once like you seem like like oh you seem like an exaggerated version of all my emotions and insecurities. <laughs> <laughs> I remember saying that. I wish Kathleen was here to hear that. It's like if someone took everything that's going through my mind and like turned it up, times it by turned 10. it into a French cartoon. Right. That would be. <laughs> that's how I felt. Yeah. Well, that's what our because con- I'm like, oh, I think that, but I would never say that. <laughs> that's what i think well when we collaborate that becomes our thing too it's like uh i'm the one emoting and you're the one going why why right right yeah i love it it's funny um 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, that was a funny memory. I didn't, but yeah. Anyways, so what else did I say? <laughs> well, what what would you think? I mean, you know me. For those of you well. listening right now, he's basically perched on the couch, staring at me like an eagle. <laughs> what else did I say? Cross legged. <laughs> That's a little perched. Um, um, you you also along with the things that I have for my utopia, you know me pretty well. We spent a lot of time together. If you had to envision what you think would make me happier, like be a better utopia, what or a utopia for me, what would you think I would want in my ideal world? Well, now you're just turning this into a Nathan for you interview. No, I'm not, because it's about I'm opening up yeah. the gates for you to say um, you can embarrass me. I, I don't. I feel like I'm <laughs> putting myself on the line here. Well, some of the stuff I know about you has changed since you've become an L.A. guy. Interesting. <laughs> so, I don't know. I might be saying something that's old-fashioned. Like, you're not just sushi and pho anymore. You like rich, uh, buttery, oily uh, sauces. Like, you like... What? Well, say... No, say... Like, I'll correct you if I feel like that wouldn't work for my utopia. But I, you might hit on something that I would be like, yes, that actually would make the world better for me. Um. Uh, no, I don't know because I feel like I feel like what the small talk and the phone convo thing, like why we didn't expand on it more, is because I feel like it's actually perfectly you. I think that's how I know you too, and that's why I like even um, aside from your comedy, that's why I like hanging out with you too is watching you engage with another person because you push them into intimate territory pretty much right away. And that's way more enjoyable than uh, keeping up airs and pretending like we're all just like social etiquette city. You well, I, I do mean? find that sometimes I notice that I have a harder time. Like A lot of your close friends cut the crap too. Like you hang out with people yes. that get right to it. Which Maybe is, that comes from it. So but you like, and I are are very similar in that way too. Like we don't like, like all the people like that we mentioned before, like when we hang out, we Yeah, they, they're we not get, phony. Yes, we get right to the core. Yeah. And like people are pretty brutal even towards me or they'll call you out on things right away. So I like that because it yeah, it doesn't feel like we're trying to keep up some sort of thing, but I, I have found it's weird. Like in the show, sometimes, even though I'm trying to avoid doing like the social niceties that keep a conversation nice for the sake of trying to get certain moments to happen, I do feel like sometimes when I'm in that zone, it's actually more comfortable than trying to have small talk or trying to think of things to say that just keep it pleasant yeah like it's actually easier sometimes to just not have to think about that stuff and just say exactly what i'm thinking you know what i mean yeah and one thing a lot of things i say in the show i wouldn't necessarily say no i know yeah one thing that i've actually always uh envied uh of of you um, besides your work ethic, which is insane, like I said, but is also your ability to not actually be affected by how a stranger will perceive you. Like when we were working on that project in DC like years ago, mm -hmm. I couldn't go on 
go on field stuff with you sometimes because my stomach hurts so much because yeah. I'm so like uh, I'm just a f- like you don't have the nervous worry wart styles that I have like I'm always nervous like I've got that classic Canadian thing where I hope I'm not like offending someone I want everyone to be comfortable and you're okay with sitting in the moment and letting them think this guy's a fucking moron man or this guy's a weirdo or like I hate this. Like you're okay with them being like that because that's their choice to react like that. Whereas I'm like, oh, I want to like tiptoe around and be delicate and make sure everyone's comfortable. You know. Uh, so like with with strangers, that's what I'm like. Yeah. You know, with friends, I don't care. But like, I've always envied that because I uh, can. Ne- I, I'll. I could never do the type of comedy that you do because of that. Because of my nervous system. <laughs> right. Well, yeah. I could I could never do the type of stuff that you do because of emotions. Uh, I'm not instantly likable. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, I'm also instantly vulnerable. Yeah. Like I, like you said, I'm an open book. But you have a really good poker face, which you use. But the thing is, is like, uh, but I still envy that because I think that uh, you know, I maybe my career would be a little bit different if I wasn't constantly running around worrying what everyone thought all the time and i just like fucking did my thing like it's not it would be interesting to be in a world where people knew everything about you like always like every all the info about you any secret anything is public all the time and Mm -hmm. anyone can check it i mean i wonder how that would affect how people interact if it's all there. But so it's you not have, all, like, it's not government-style surveillance all there. It's just, not, gen- it's just generally there. all there. So if yeah. you have a thought, it's yeah. it's documented. And the other person can see it instantly when they're talking to you. Yeah. So it's like you see, like, text over your eyes as you're talking to the person. And it says everything about you, every thought that you have. Yeah. Everything you've done. I wonder how that would affect how people react or talk to each other. Yeah. Like... Would it just be this instant, like every, like you, anything that you're trying to hide about yourself, you wouldn't have to do that anymore. So you would, yeah, you would instantly become your most authentic self. It's interesting because would you even become uh, authentic? Because a lot of authenticities within people are born from years of defense mechanisms creating the person they want to be because they're insecure about being hurt or something. Like, for example, I project a lot of paranoia onto my situations yeah. and I've and other people don't. So like if I'm in a situation I'm like this person's probably thinking this and then if I don't uh articulate that it festers in my head. But if I do articulate it with someone, which is kind of why I'm open, they go, "What? You're crazy. That's not the situation. Relax." And then I do relax. Right. But we wouldn't have those instances. So maybe my character wouldn't be born do out of my Do you relax after people say that? Half and half. Because when you say that stuff to me, sometimes I always... I don't believe it. Well, I think it's I'm, so absurd when you say that sometimes that I actually try to confirm your paranoias. Like for your own enjoyment? Yeah. Like when you say <laughs> stuff to me, I'm like, yeah, I, uh, you know... Yeah, but I know when you're doing it, it's a gag and that actually relaxes me more. <laughs> okay. Yeah, come on. That's great because I can be honest then and it relaxes you. I actually remember talking about this with our mutual friend, Robin, uh years ago um she was like she told me sometimes 
hey, you're fixating again. When you ever get to that point, just say to yourself, I'm fixating, and then it will become nothing, and it will go away. And has that worked? Sometimes, if I remember, it actually does work, but most of the time, I don't. I'm just because I'm my own. Per- I'm uh, I'm stuck in my own thing, you know. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> but what why I brought it up was because so if we have this like everything's clear out in the open uh i don't know everyone's got your dossier or whatever or maybe there's this like sort of a see-through brain and you Mm -hmm. see all the like thoughts or something then you wouldn't have these specific characters created by uh, levels of paranoia or insecurity or just defense mechanisms because everybody's got status issues in social media based on their perception of other people and just so much of that stuff right now is just people being stressed because they envision someone else's life or relationship being so good compared to theirs. Yeah. But if you really dig into anyone's head, they're just as weird and crazy and messed up as I know. anyone. I love it. And yeah, if you're honest with yourself, you're insane. Everyone's insane. So, well, if you're a status freak too, it does give you a bit of leverage knowing that uh everybody has a handful of things that they're completely utterly insecure about and nervous for people to know yes so you can which you can wield as a tool you know like Mm -hmm. if you're one of those people (laughs) right like what do you mean like a sociopath (laughs) like a psycho no like yeah well maybe maybe like let's say like a donald trumpian type person yeah, because then you like start manipulating people for your own gain and stuff. So maybe I guess that would uh, that would go away. Because here's the thing: sometimes when I'm like, now I'm talking more than you about it. But if you have any more ideas, interrupt me. But and I, I like the like one thing that always makes me relax sometimes if like you see these uh, people having like a trying to have higher upper status than you in like a weird business situation or whatever all you got to think is like you've been on the toilet once with mega diarrhea we all have so yeah well, get out of here you think that that's empowering that's an empowering thought yeah no it's if you think that you'll probably be you know less intimidated in situations that's what i mean it's helpful so maybe like an image pops up about everyone's like worst diarrhea and you get to see it as a video like when you're talking to the person yeah maybe maybe you don't get to know everything about everybody right away so then it is interesting you just see them you just see a bubble of the worst diarrhea they've ever had floating above their head all the time and that would be in the utopia like when you're talking to them (laughs) you would just see them having their worst diarrhea and being like oh like making sounds during it and <laughs> everything about it and you're like yeah come on come on buddy yeah i can but see they'd it. see yours yeah, like, too yeah give it to me straight buddy i can see your diarrhea yeah <laughs> like yeah come on the other day i brought my laptop in with me to read finish reading an article while i was on the toilet and then i got so speaking of my paranoia I got so scared that someone hacked into my camera and filmed me using the toilet while I'm reading really? the article. Oh, yeah. You wouldn't be able to do that, too, in this world. Hack but, into someone's camera. Yeah, because you were... I remember I visited you once in New York, and you had a sticky note over the uh, Yeah, someone told computer. me to do that. And I don't do it anymore, but now I'm worried I should. But I don't feel... I, wouldn't the green light come on if the camera was being used? Someone said you can get it without the green light. Who? Who told me? Yeah. Some hacker. <laughs> my hacker friend. <laughs> Who's your hacker friend? I can't say. (laughs) 
That's so funny. Well, this has been like a meaty one. What do you want to do? You want to go get Indian food? Yeah, I'd love that. Um, you know, we did talk about your utopia, but the good thing about the podcast is, because if you're thinking like it was sparse, is we had a lot of conversations that were born out of your few ideas. It's great. You know, it's your podcast and, you know, you have an idea of what you're going for with this. So I'm just here to serve and uh, it's wow. a historical document. Well, thank you very much. It is a very historical document. I really hope it worked. Uh, I hope so, too. I hope this machine worked. Yeah. Um, did you have fun? Yes, this was great. The compliments I gave you at the beginning are wholly true. It's very generous of you, and I, I, I honestly don't know how to take that sometimes, but I, I li- you're, you're I, very nice to say those things. There's no way anyone found this episode without knowing who you are and what Nathan for you is, but for some reason, uh, if you don't, you're insane, and go watch the show, because it's, it's the only show that genuinely makes you... Okay, here's the thing. This is the difference between your show and most other comedies. And yes, I'm a comedian trying to make my own shows too. But I will say this. Uh, um, the re- the thing that you're talking about with cutting to the core, cutting to the meat first, and then the superficiality being kind of BS and a nuisance, mm-hmm. that's what your show does. Because when you watch like a sketch show or another quote-unquote comedy show it feels like you're still watching superficialities. You're watching comedians that grew up watching comedians who grew up watching comedians. It's just this pale imitation of what comedy is supposed to be for the most part. There's a lot of good shows out there that are are funny. But, you know, a lot of shows that don't make it and aren't that funny, that's what's happening. You're not imitating comedy at all. That's the difference between your show is you're creating comedy for, for... in a venue that's never been done before. Like, and that that's cutting to the meat of the human essence of comedy that gives us, when a person's watching your show alone in the house, guttural laughs that last minutes, like alone in their own house. Because you know when you watch like a sketch online or something or on TV, you go, oh, that's funny. But you don't do the same guttural, like the gut laugh. You know what I mean? I like if people, yeah, can feel something when they're watching it. I like to laugh out loud, so... Yeah, so in my, in my uh, sort of weird cobbled compliment again to close with is what I'm saying is uh, your show skips all the superficialities and, uh, you know, tired cliches of uh, this old retreaded comedy over and over again. And you've created something wholly original that is making us uh, discover new comedy in a whole new way. Right, like serving poo to people. (laughs) Yeah, but that was a real man's frozen yogurt shop. (laughs) He really did that. Yeah. That's the comedy. Um, Maybe, yeah, maybe the show is... People that think the poo-flavored frozen yogurt is... A hack because it's a poo joke you don't know what you're talking about it's not about the poo joke i mean it's cool it's about you pitching that to him and him doing it and then customers trying it and going ew <laughs> like that was real life i still like really dumb all the, like i try to have a lot of poo and penis and boobs <laughs> stuff i like all that <laughs> jokes too i'm not that yeah. sophisticated it's no like, i know the, <laughs> yeah 
at the end of the laugh. day, you're just like a very dry. I just like dumb stuff. Fart joke man. Yeah, I love fart jokes. We have fart jokes in every season, actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's one coming up this season. Um, and okay, here here's another way that I just 100 percent know that I could never in a million years do what you do. Just how much time you spend just to get a few gags. Okay, so like, remember when you were hanging out with that guy that it, uh, said he was adamant he wasn't in porn, he was in just adult entertainment? Mm-hmm. And then you sat in the car with him staking out the movement mm-hmm. guy? So you literally sat in that car with him for hours. Yeah. In, uh, until dawn. Yeah. We started at, I think, 4 a.m. or and then when did he finally leave? Nine or something, right? Yeah, nine or ten. So you, as Nathan, for you's Nathan, sat in that car with that stranger Yeah. for that many lengths, and you got those few good jokes out of that moment, which were amazing. There was a lot of conversation that just was talking. and But you were still, but in a, to a degree, you're staying in character that whole time. Well, yeah, but I'm also just talking to him. I'm not really thinking about, I mean, it's me there yeah. and I'm talking to him. And I'm trying to have honest conversations and I'm not. But that is one scene in that story arc of the whole episode. Just one scene. The jokes are so rich, but you put yourself through that hours of basically embedded comedy to get those jokes like no one would do that that's insane yeah it's a it's a really inefficient way of making television people are constantly frustrated with me wanting to do things that way but you're pushing to get it made yeah no the team that makes the show is really good yeah i met some of them a year or two ago like i work with the sharpest people in tv yeah Everyone's really scrappy, and we can make things happen that a normal production wouldn't. Just wouldn't, yeah. Or would be too annoyed to. Because they believe in it, and they want to go for the same thing. I love it. And also, yeah, it's just true. Like, I would, I like, you know, I I would never be able to do that. Maybe what's happening in the show is kind of my utopia. Maybe I am kind of creating something to do with that. Because I got to do all these things that were like my fantasies, like doing... I did that escape. You kissed a girl? I, I kissed a girl. <laughs> I did that escape. I got to be in a house and date all these girls at once. Yeah. Maybe I'm artificially like trying to work through things. Ah, oh, I still haven't seen that one. Which one? The one where you're the bachelor. Oh, yeah. You just reminded me. I've been the meaning hunk. to see that for the hunk. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I hate that I haven't seen that. Everyone told me it was like the funniest thing in the world. I saw the escape. The escape blew my damn mind. Yeah. I couldn't believe it. It's still like one of the best hours of TV or half hours of TV ever. I think it pushed, uh, you know, what's possible with robotics even to a new <laughs> level. The science that went into that, I think, advanced. Yeah. Know. So I was, I, this this began like 10 minutes ago with trying to like have another nice compliment out, but it's just turning into another barrage of compliments about how awesome your show is. All right, is. let's end it. Let's end it, but I really, as a uh, as a friend, I'm very, very proud of you. Uh, I can't believe it. Uh, I'm glad I get to say this on my podcast so everyone can hear it. And, uh, you know, also as a friend, uh, let's go get Indian food. That sounds yummy. <laughs> Anything you want to say to close it? I'm proud of you, too. 
Ah, uh, thanks. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, there you go, everyone. That was episode 51. That was Nathan Fielder. Nathan, thanks so much again for coming on. It was such a blast. You know, it was a fun hangout whether the mics were there or not. And you know what, guys? Thanks for listening. And I don't even need to tell you to keep watching Nathan for you uh, on Comedy Central and uh, comedy here in Canada. And uh, there's other ways you can watch it too. Uh, you can, uh, if you're in Canada on Much, you can stream it. Um, I think he said that. And then follow him at Nathan Fielder. Look for him on YouTube. You can see all those some of those old videos that uh, we were talking about with uh, me and Tim Gilbert, Katie Crown, Aaron Eves, James Hartnett, all those other guys we were talking about. And uh, yeah, so that's that. The hammering uh, in my apartment is still incessantly going on. And I'm going to be like, hey, you know what? This is a, an expensive place to live. Can you just like hammer your own skull until it's gone? How about that? Anyways, you know what I'm saying? But Okay, so the podcast is still new-ish, picking up followers online. But you know what? Fo- like, follow it on Twitter, at Utopia to Me. Go on iTunes, rate it, do reviews. We have, we have 51 amazing episodes now with amazing guests. So I appreciate all the love and the, the support. And also, I'm always uh, I'm about to embark on an Eastern tour. So this is if you're listening to this right when it came out, keep a lookout for me and Mark Little and the hilarious Tom Henry, both guys that have done this podcast before as well. We're doing a eight day Eastern tour in Canada, doing stand up, and uh, we're excited for that. So keep a lookout for that and follow me at Chris Lock Fun. And that's that. You guys are the best. Thanks so much for listening. And that's another one. And yeah, peace on earth. You know what I mean? Uh, Jeez, like hug a tree, man. Drink some tea. All right. Thanks. Thank you.